Making money is the only art form left open to innovation. Anybody that tells you they're in this industry because they like music is a lying, pathetic piece of shit. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And you're listening to episode 12 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. First, let's talk some old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. It's not going to get old. <laughs> that clip is the best. It's not going to get old. All right, so what do you got? Well, I think I'm just going to follow up every week um, on the whole chart position thing that mm-hmm. we talked about last week in our discussion. And just because I like to keep up to date with it, especially considering that we had some pretty uh Good performances last week uh, for some new releases from bands like Trivium, Queensryche, uh, Clutch, and Seven Dust. Uh, but following up on it, this week, rock and metal is completely out of the top 30. Oh, um, no, it's dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first person to come up is Five Finger Death Punch with their new album, Got Get Your Six, at 33. Um, a lot of the big performers from last week ju- fell down considerably, like... Trivium went from 19 down to 130. Mm-hmm. Seven Dust went from 13 down to 148. Where else? Who else? Oh, Queensryche went from 27 to 112, and Clutch went from 11 to 62. Mm. So I think this has to do probably more with the the streaming thing. I think their numbers initially are that are that good because people are actually buying their records. Because mm-hmm. the people who are much higher are the ones that you find typically on the streaming services and a lot more popular like Taylor Swift, Drake, et cetera, et cetera. And then you also got um, bands like crossover bands, I would call them like Five Finger Death Punch and Disturb mm-hmm. who are still popular on the charts because they probably are streaming and they're probably streaming to a wider audience than, you know, a clutch or a trivium would. Yeah. And of course you also got the classic ones um, like Metallica I mean, Master of Puppets went up in the charts from 142 to 128 this week, okay. which is, you know, respectable. Pop. They just got a heavier stream, yeah. I guess. Or just everything else went so far down that it got pushed up. Maybe. Um, and then Nevermind by Nirvana came back on the charts at 198 out of nowhere. I mean, that wasn't even on the charts last week. Screaming internally. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as new releases are on the charts... Golgotha by Wasp hit number 93. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what their kind of performance is prior to that, so I really have nothing to base that off of. Mm-hmm. Um, other notable ones would be Iron Maiden went from 99 to 137, but they're still on it, which is cool. Yeah. And that would be about it. You know, if just scrolling through the top 200, your classic rock bands are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, Journey, yeah. Fleetwood Mac, uh, Foo Fighters, Guns N' Roses, Metallica. And uh, and the crossover ones, like I mentioned, are mm-hmm. still relatively high. And Finger Finger Death Punch actually has two on the charts. They got the new one, got got your six, and then they also have the last um, the last one from Wrong Side of Hell two or whatever. I think Wrong... I don't know if it's it might be one. It might be one. Yeah. The one with Rob Halford on it, I think, oh, okay. which is you know that's a badass song. So I, that's probably the one that's getting them all the plays. Yeah. I, I have a feeling a lot of the uh, the album sale stuff will end up in our part of our discussion this week. So yeah, probably yeah yeah, um, but that's pretty much old business. We'll kind of keep a little bit uh, little updates like that going every uh, every yeah, week. I was thinking about maybe just doing like a, a segment on it, just like metal in the charts or something like that. Sounds like maybe an idea, like a weekly thing. 
You heard it here, folks. Confirmed. <laughs> Metal in the charts. New segment. Bam. Sweet. Uh, and now on to new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. <laughs> is it next quarter? <laughs> <laughs> it is the nextest of quarters. Uh, but of course, new business means new albums. And um, I'm going to start this off with the new Amberian Dawn, Innuendo. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I listen to it yeah. and it just falls in that that genre there yeah. where for me it's dominated by Nightwish, Within Temptation, and Epica. Those three are my top three yeah. of the of that genre, and anything else after that is just like meh. Well, it, it's not that like you know, I, it's not that I feel indifferent toward them. It's that I don't feel like anything with this album in particular. Like uh, stood out, yeah, stood out. Yeah, it's it's a good album, but um, I, I'm sure it won't you know sway opinions, honestly. Yeah. So I, it's it's not getting me to to rush out and get anything in particular from these guys. But it, it was a good listen. So um, I got Born of Osiris, uh, Soul Sphere. It's their fourth studio album. Uh, their American deathcore band. Um, I thought it was okay. Uh, there was actually a lot of synth involved in this one. And from what I read before, um, and one of the reviews I read of them, because I've never listened to them before, is that this is actually kind of a new thing for them. They've always had synth, but it's a lot heavier involved in this in the album this time around, which I was not expecting at all. Mm-hmm. Considering like deathcore, you, you don't really expect that at all yeah. in um, that genre of music. You know, it probably has to take like another listen or two before I actually really get into it. But on the first on the first pass, it's like, all right. Did you listen to the full album? Oh yeah, you got a stream of it. Yeah, stream. Okay, because I found uh, I believe the track is called Resilience. Um, I found it on YouTube. They had a um, a lyric video for it. Okay, and. It started off, and I was like, "This can be death metal. This can be death metal. This can be death metal." I'm getting ready for it. I'm getting ready for it, and then just suddenly it gets really like noodly and technical, and I was like, "I'm liking this." <laughs> you know, even with the even with the the harsh vocals, I was really into that song. Um, I can definitely see myself enjoying the rest of it if it kind of follows in the same vein because it's it's I think it's, it, cr- it's crazy it, technical. It will. So it does. I, Sorry, I, it does. I I think uh, I think I might have to take a further listen to this because I was actually really enjoying this one. So. Um, you say it's meh-ish. Like I said, I probably have to listen to it at least one more time before I, I get into it. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed with this with the one album this week, and I'll mention that later on. Okay. Um, so I haven't really given anything else much of a chance at all this okay. week. Okay. Um, next one up for me: Broken Teeth, Bulldozer. Yeah, 
these guys are on a label called Texas Metal Underground. So automatically I'm like, hey, local things, because I'm from Texas. It's, for Texas four, is a rather large state. For, for <laughs> the last four months. Um, I actually think they're, they are Houston-based. I'm not 100% okay. sure of that. Um, for fans of anything heavier deep purple highway star deep purple mm. these guys are for you oh nice cuz they they like, even like their sound it has enough it's not it's not too modern sheen you know it's like it's not like really crisp and clean it's got a little bit of that 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 old school 70s fuzz to it okay so it doesn't sound perfect but it doesn't sound like shit and it's just straightforward in your face rock and it's really good does it have organ in it like deep purple or is it just I don't think I noticed it in particular because okay. again I was just I was just noticing like it sounded like all the songs kind of sound like Highway Star. It's got that same chug to it. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely a good listen. I only got through about four or five tracks, but you can uh, you can check out their. I think you can check out the full album on their uh, website, which I don't know offhand, unfortunately. All right, I got another band called uh, Fuck's Conduct. It's a band formed by former Fell Silent but current Monuments guitarist. Monuments is another one of those prog rock bands in the same vein as uh, Animals as Leaders and, and Scale of Summit. Um, this was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of those um, instrumental records. Genty. Heavy as shit. Um, a lot of atmosphere, huge riffs, and the leads are Freaking incredible! And this is one of the ones you posted onto the Shrek yes. page. Okay. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, it's it was really, really, really good. I enjoyed it. And again, it's all instrumental stuff, so it's something you can put around in the background, and then all of a sudden, bam! It just catches your catches you by the ear, and you, you just don't stop listening to it. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Okay. Next one I have, and I'm I'm hoping I actually have a story in the event that I butcher the name horribly. Havokunu. I'm pretty sure that this is a um, Finnish band. Album's called <laughs> I'm gonna mess this one up. Havu Linan. Um, we gotta start yeah. taking language classes. Well, I'll tell the story after I give the review about about this okay. in particular. <laughs> um, this is, I believe they said that it was considered like atmospheric pagan black metal. I get it all. I understand why all of those <laughs> titles are in there <laughs> because they because. We'll talk about the atmosphere. Um, there is obviously keyboards and everything like they normally do in black metal. There's a lot of choir parts in the background. Um, it's just you know as you would expect in stuff like black metal, it just has that that over overbearing not overbearing but overwhelming aura around everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the black metal influence. They have a lot of those moments where they do the blast beats and they're playing the one note. Um, vocals do not really get screechy they're not they're not annoying they're kind of um deeper into the growl which is why uh it works a little bit better with the pagan metal aspect because it does kind of hit a lot of 
Monomarth. I was going to say Monomarth or like yeah. that band Six that I reviewed last month. Yeah, it, it hits a lot of Monomarth territory. Okay. Again, the riffs, it's it's kind of like, um, if you know the song, uh, blah, blah, I think it's, um, fuck, Quest for Fire by Iron Maiden. It basically sounds like that. It's kind of a chug, but, okay. the, but it sounds like they speed it up. And every single kind of song kind of sounds like that chug. Okay. But they do mix it up a lot because they'll go from that chug. They'll hit the black metal. They'll start playing. The, um, they'll kind of slow down a bit for the choir parts. End of the album is like three minutes of like this acoustic part, and it's fucking gorgeous. Really? Yeah. It just nice. comes out of nowhere, and it's great. Um, so, like again, this normally wouldn't be up my alley, but it took me by surprise, and I actually went and downloaded the full album, listened to it twice, and I was like, this is actually really fucking good. Um, so, Havukrunu, Havulinan is the album. The reason I have a story for it is because, since I have a habit of butchering foreign languages, <laughs> die crups, <laughs> I went and found a play, uh, a website that would hopefully help me pronounce this. It's called howtopronounce.com. And I put, I put it in there um, as Finnish, and it came up with the pronunciation Havukrunu. Um, I was like, okay. What if it's misunderstanding me and it's just telling me how to say it phonetically, period? So I put it for English, and it said, Have a Cronin. <laughs> I was like, okay, I got it. I'm good now. So, so I'm getting it somewhat close, I hope. But pick up the album. It's good. <laughs> so. This next one is... I posted on the uh, the Shrek Shack Facebook page, and I have been just raving about it on all social media, like Twitter, Instagram, my personal Facebook page, Earthside, A Dream in Static. Now, I fell on this album accidentally. Um, there was a news article about something completely different, and then for some reason they threw in this album stream. I'll actually get to the news article later because it's actually one of our news items. So I was like, all right, cool. New album coming out Friday from a band I never heard of, and it's their debut album. Mm -hmm. Click. Holy fuck. It's kind of high in the boner meter. Oh, dude. <laughs> Cream in your pants, boner. I mean, last week I said So Hideous was my was probably going to be my top album. This one trumps that. Okay. This one is fucking incredible. Don't tell them that. They're going to get pissed. I know, right? <laughs> Definitely not tagging them this week. Um, but it is... They call themselves Cinematic... A cinematic Metal Band. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely tell why because their music is definitely... Epic. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like eight tracks in this record. It's an hour and ten minutes long. Um, each track is definitely is almost in the double digits. Um, they're a band from New Haven, Connecticut, which I was kind of surprised about because they sound like something that you would expect from Europe. Um, they have the cinematic aspect as far as they have um, an orchestra in the background. Is actually a, apparently a very famous one called the Moscow Studio Symphony Orchestra. Mm -hmm. So they got them from Moscow, or they went to Moscow to record. Um, they have the genty aspect of it, so there's a little bit like the Tesseract sound that I was mentioning last uh, in our top three video. Mm -hmm. um, most of their music is instrumental, except for they got some really heavy hitters as far as special guest vocalists. 
Uh, they got Daniel from Tesseract, which was you know just fits perfectly. Mm. Um, they got Speed from fucking Soilwork, oh, which is like you know <laughs> that's pretty high up in the boner meter. You know <laughs> where's that slurping sound? Um, and then the highlight of the album is the second track called Mob Mentality, mm. and that has Lejean Witherspoon from Seven. Oh Dust wow! And okay. that chorus, and it has this the symphony in the background. Holy shit! Like I posted the the whole album on the Shred Shack page. I posted the video for Mob Mentality on my on my Facebook page. Mm. The video is incredible because it has the symphony there. It has the band, it has Lejean in it, and it also has these two interpretive dancers doing um like one does an aerial thing with the straps, and there's another dude just doing like kind of like a ballet dance. It is just a a beautiful video for an amazing fucking song. Okay, and the whole album is just like that. So I highly highly recommend. Getting this fucking album, and you said it's Earthside, Earthside, Dreaming Static. Dream and static. Okay, so before we talk about a uh, certain track that was released yesterday, uh, I'm going to do a couple of quick mentions uh, as far as uh, new releases go. These, a lot of these were um, albums that I couldn't get the full one. I heard a track and I said, "Man, this is this is interesting to me. I want to I want to hear more." Uh, first one up, Curse of the North, uh, with I believe with their self-titled album. I'm not sure if it's their debut or not. The only thing I could find in these guys was a song called um, Sleep When You Can. The video came out a few months ago, but the album would have come out, obviously, I suppose yesterday. Um, but I can't find very much about news with these guys or anything, but they have a very... Um, the song has a very Sabbath vibe, because it kind of starts off a little slow and everything. There's like it's, it's heavy, and then two minutes in, it kicks into this like this Iomi riff, and it just rocks it for the next three minutes. So, um, Curse of the North, once I hear more of it, I will, I will be very happy. I know that their debut or their previous album, Revelations, is up on their YouTube channel. So I need to hear more of that because like, some of that that I heard kind of sounded a little bit more closer to you know, the standard traditional metal of like Metallica. Um, but I want to hear more from these guys. Are they named after something from Game of Thrones? I thought that might be the case. I figured like might have you just going like, what, what, what? But... I don't know. It sounds very. It sounds. It sounds like it definitely does have okay. something to do with it. Again, considering the fact that I could barely find anything with these guys, like they had a page. You checked. You checked metal archives. Um, I think I got some information, but nothing like nothing significant from anything. Wow. Like they they'll they'll give you like the basics, and then it'd be like, uh, yeah, they're they're a thing. They they made albums. They're a band. They could eat. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they could do things. <laughs> but I think they played a show once. Um, next up, Shining, the International Black Jazz Society, which wins my funniest album title award for the week. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it has actual meaning. But this band is on Spine Farm. Spine Farm has a lot of cool bands on it. Um, YouTube had a track called Last Day. Vocally, very much Testament-like. Okay. Yeah, a lot of Chuck Billy. Um Take his vocals now, scale them back a little bit. That's what the guy sounds like. Musically, it's pretty heavy, not too far from, like... If you just took Testament and scaled it back, you got these guys a little bit. So it's it's actually pretty good. So check it out. Um, you can check out the song Last Day by Shining on uh, YouTube. Uh, next one up, Vehemence, Forward Without Motion. Only track I got to hear is I Don't Want to Look Inside. Um, kind of a death metalish, hardcore-ish kind of band. Um... The one track I heard, seven minutes long, and you know, it kind of starts off as you would expect with with a band like this. But then they get like intensely melodic into the solo, and just it's 
it's a pretty good track. It's it's leaves a lot of promise for me to look into it. Um, two more here. I got Vol Deeper Than Sky. V H O L is the band. Um, they are pretty thrashy for fans of like Overkill, especially in the vocals. Kind of gets a little bit of Bobby Blitz in there. A little raspy. Mm-hmm. And, nice. and and it is thrashy. It's got it's not. Too refined, it doesn't sound like shit. It's got that, that median production that just kind of sounds like, you know, sounds a bit of the old school. Yeah. But um, when I went to go listen to this album, they only had two tracks up. They've since put the entire album up on um, their record label's Bandcamp page, profoundlorerecords.bandcamp.com, so check it out. Lastly, Vinnie Moore of UFO, new solo album of all instrumental material. Vinnie Moore, uh, I have one of his albums from 14-some-odd years ago. Good guitarist. UFO is a great band. Obviously, it's definitely worth a listen if you're a fan of stuff like, you know, all the virtuoso type guitar players. So it's definitely worth a check out. And another honorable mention, um, Gravedigger just came out with a, a uh, kind of like a best of or early, early years record. Did they re- was it a reimagining? No, 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 I think I think I'm, I actually didn't look it up. Actually, hold on a second. I, I think it's a reimagining because they, they, they do the they do the old songs where they re- they do them now. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. But yeah. they're, you know, veteran German metal band. I actually really liked it. Mm-hmm. I listened to it twice. Um, just from the name, I wasn't expecting them to sound as classic heavy metal. You know, yeah, they, I was expecting a little bit more death. They've been around for a long ass time. I didn't too. realize that yeah. either. Like, I've, been, I've, I've heard the name forever. Yeah. I just didn't know how long they've been around. And they've been around since the 80s. So they're probably like, they're probably right up there like Scorpions and stuff like that. And like, not that same sound, but that same era. Yeah, kind of, kind of, you know, kind of like Rage and, and older, except into now. Yeah. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So Yeah, but definitely a good listen. I mean, it's something that gets, gets me interested in what their back catalog sounds like. Mm. So, you know, just something to get into a band like that. So okay. it's good to listen to. Yeah, I listened to like one track just to get an idea for it, and I was like, usually when I, when we do these new releases, I try not to touch. Um, I, don't, I usually don't want to do live stuff, or mm-hmm. I, I try to stay away from splits. Even though um, well, the this ocean, week, the ocean split you yep. were talking about yep. is now out this week as well. Also, speaking of live stuff, Rage Against Machine released their DVD. Was I thought that, that was, I thought that was last week. week? Was last You're week. right. My fault. Um, but yeah, I try to stay away from those things, but. It's worth a mention because it is them re-recording older stuff. You want to hear it in more uh, modern-sounding production and how the band sounds now because I'm sure you know they've progressed pretty well. Mm-hmm. So check that one out. I believe it's called Exhumation, The Early Years. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's talk about Evil Twins. Anthrax. New song from the new album. Which is going to come out eventually. 2016. Eventually. <laughs> First quarter. <laughs> Next quarter. <laughs> it's new business. <laughs> it's business way down the line. Um, I got a chance to listen to it today, even though it's been like it's been hinted at for like part of the week, and then came out yesterday. I believe. It, it came out at midnight. On Friday, yeah, because uh, I was, of course, I was up late at night, and mm. I saw it first thing on Blabbermouth, and you know, I've had to post it, had to listen to it. Yeah, I fucking loved it. I like it. Um, I, I don't know if it's just me listening to it on my laptop or anything. I feel like Belladonna's vocals are a little bit drowned out. They are a little drowned out, especially in the chorus. Yeah. However, I feel that listening to this song in context of the rest of the album, it probably will fit just fine. Yeah. Um, because. You know, this doesn't feel like the song that would have a big anthemic chorus. No, right? no, no. It, it's this, act- this is a pissed off fucking in-your-face song. Which is one of the things uh, that kind of 
got me going because I like I was listening to the intro like the like I didn't like how the intro started. I was kind of like this sounds really just lazy. And then they start going into the, like the the verse riff. Yeah, that I was like verse riff. I was like, yeah, guys, <laughs> yeah, guys, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I was all about that verse riff, yeah. especially with Belladonna singing over it yeah. and. He sounds great still. Yeah. I yeah. think he sounds awesome. Well, especially because he's not trying to sit there and sound like he did in, in the yeah. 80s. He, he knows, you know, you can't do that. So scale it down. And he sounds good. Yeah. He sounds good. He sounds really good. I like, I mean, it sounds just like a continuation of worship music. And if they just released worship music too, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly happy with that because that was a fucking phenomenal album. Well, if, if this is any indication, it's going to be, I, I hope they kind of just take worship music and just amp it up because yeah. there's yeah. like, they're speeding it up a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're making some some thrash again. That was that so. was a really good track, and that was a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, looking forward to this this album. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I haven't had any issue with like the last, well, actually, the last two Anthrax. The last albums. two Anthrax albums. So yeah. it's only been two in the last ten years. So. I I have faith in, in them making a good album, of course. Um, I'm just hoping that a lot of it follows in this vein. I hope they're they're keeping it up with that that speed and that punch in the face. Yeah, that was. That was definitely an awesome treat yeah. at midnight. Um, so aside from that and new releases, what else do you listen to this week? I'm starting to get really amped up for uh, King Diamond because <laughs> we're seeing the show next month. Yep. So I went and I listened to Abigail 1 and 2, mm-hmm. back to back. Uh, you know, just classic classic Abigail and then the follow-up. Um, I got I listened to some Grand Magus just because it's there. I was like, hell yeah. Just needed a reason to punch something. Yep. And it was kind of perfect. And I've t- I I matched that up with uh, with Motorhead, the, uh, the, new, the one? new one. Okay, uh, that which was you know they were they went pretty good together to tell you the truth. Okay. It actually worked out really well. But then of course when I listened to Grand Magus and with all the the prog rocker we listened to this week, I threw in this morning Arion Theory <laughs> of Everything, <laughs> <laughs> and I followed that up with Dream Theater to uh, do my my uh, my errands today, and then on the ride home on the ride to your house today. I threw in Star One because I was listening to that when I was working out today. So, you know, I just got on the whole Arian kick and uh, Arian kick all of a sudden again because this happens like every other month. Anytime so. that Lindsay and I have gone on like road trips, um, like we used to go to, when we lived in New York, went out to Montauk, we pretty much spent the entire day listening to Arian. So from Final Experiment straight up to whatever album we got to, I think we got all the way up to the Human Equation. Wow. So we were, That's we, a lot were of we were on the road for a while. We played everything right up into it. Um, so for me for this week, I aside from the new releases, I listened to uh, some bits of Wasp Golgotha again. Uh-huh. It's, it's it a growing on you. It's a, no, like I, I didn't have any problem with it last time. I'm 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 more used to Blackie's voice now, but it's a good album. I I really like it. So um, if it's not on my top three, it might be just an honorable mention that I mentioned because it is really good. Um, and the other one I listened to just on a whim because I was editing. Uh, older clips of the podcast. Um, if you haven't noticed on my YouTube channel, I've been posting up little bits of clips to promote um, the podcast. And I did the last one I did was for Black Sabbath. And towards the end of it, I make a joke about like, "Hey, let's get Tony Martin back." So I go back and I listen to Black Sabbath's album Tear, which has Tony Martin. Because um, I fucking love Tony Martin. And it's so good. <laughs> it's, it's 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 such a good album. Yeah. Uh, only downside of it is that, like, um, it kind of runs a little short. 
nine tracks, um, two of which, one of them is an instrumental, like a minute long, another one's like a two or three minute thing that leads into the bigger track. So it's technically like seven tracks. So it kind of runs a little short, but it's so good. I will, I will stop sucking now. <laughs> I'm looking forward to next week. I got a bunch downloaded from Skateboard Marketing, and I'm looking forward to what's streaming next week. And I've already got like a head start on some of the listens. Next week is a monster week yeah. again for new releases. I'm, so. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting through the rest of it because yeah. you got uh, Draconian, mm-hmm. which I listened to twice already. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a couple other a couple other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skindred, I'm looking forward to hearing. Okay. Because I actually kind of really dig them, and um, Hatchet, I never heard. I heard the name forever, but I never heard them. So I'm looking forward to checking out some new stuff. Okay. All right. So now that we've done all the new releases and, and what we've been listening to, let's talk about news. And I decided. I think I may have mentioned this last week on the show that from now on, since we can't seem to play the "Everything Is Awesome" clip at all at any given time. <laughs> Whenever there's a week where we have some sort of bad news to give, we're just going to take that and slow it down to a devilish pace. So cue that now. There you go. Chris, take it away. Well, on that note, uh, last weekend, former obituary, obituary bassist Frank Watkins passed away. He had a, Apparently he had a very long battle with cancer. Um, I didn't get the chance to read about what kind of cancer it was, but... Another person with cancer in our community, unfortunately, he passes away, and it sucks. Just thinking of that that um, South Park joke with uh, Russell Crowe. Where is that pussy case? I'm going to kick Kansas' ass. All right. Speaking of kicking ass. <laughs> Speaking of kicking ass, <laughs> Danzig and his security guards allegedly assaulted a fan at a show, I think it was in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been three or four different sides of this story. There's Danzig's side, which I actually I don't think he actually even said anything yet. There's some of the fans who saw something, uh, who back up Danzig, who back it was some who back up the uh, the concert goer, mm-hmm. and then there's the concert goer himself. Apparently, what happened was Danzig has a very strict no photo policy at his shows. He doesn't want anyone taking photos during the show. Mm-hmm. Period. So apparently, this guy was taking photos probably with a camera phone or even if he had like a little fucking clicker yeah um and Danzig said dude no he actually asked him to leave the venue and yada 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 the guy went outside the venue but didn't leave and I think his uh Danzig security saw him sticking around dragged him back and they apparently they beat his ass um there's um photos of him with a bloody face and like a crooked nose and stuff like that like it looked like they got a a pretty good beating mm-hmm. and apparently Danzig kicked him in the ribs or something like that it's just Danzig being a dick it sounds like yeah. and you hear of a lot of these stories about him mm-hmm. on the road and it's just kind of why I mean that's just dickish I mean you just kind of get used to the fact that people are going to take pictures and if you've been doing this for as long as you have and you're not used to that by now you might as well just just get out of the business. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of ridiculous. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in entertainment. I'm gonna go out there and, and, and be in front of people, but I'm not gonna allow people to take pictures. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I think I, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but in other Danzig news, considering tour, cons- this one pissed touring, me off. 
Yeah. Um, apparently, in an interview with Livewire, he states that after his current run with uh, Superjoint, he is going to retire from touring. Now, this doesn't mean he's not going to play shows because, you know, these guys just can't can't stop. Mm. Uh, but he's thinking more festivals and one-off shows in the future, but no tours. He, he, I think he says he plans on recording a, uh, an Elvis cover album, mm. which we'll probably do a couple one-off shows for that kind of thing, very intimate type of shows. Yeah. Uh, but he says touring is done for him. Yeah, I saw this bit because uh, we, we now run off of a nice little script. We're actually getting, getting organized around here. I saw this bit last night, and I was like, man, I woke up this morning, and I said I wanted to get my ass kicked by Danzig <laughs> at a goddamn show, and now I can. Which is somewhat true, because he came to Austin earlier this month. I had wanted to go, but I didn't get the chance to. Um, I think that was because... Um, one of my pets was was very sick. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, he's more important. Unfortunately, he can't go. But now I'm hearing this, and I'm like, you motherfucker. You get your ass down here to San Antonio. <laughs> I'm going to well, take a picture of you. <laughs> I didn't know this, but the motherfucker's pushing 60. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Like, I didn't know he was that old. I mean, that makes him older than Iron Maiden. There's some of the guys in Iron Maiden. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, Dickinson is, is in, like, later 50s. I mean, that that, that just surprised me. I mean, <laughs> Wow. Just really did not get that at all. Um, so, speaking of streaming, we've been talking about this for the last two weeks, yeah. uh, specifically about the charts. Mm. Spotify pulls the entire catalog from Victory Records. Apparently, they're having a very heated dispute over uh, royalty payments. Mm -hmm. Victory <clears throat> went ahead and they hired a independent audit service to kind of keep track of what was going on with their streaming services and make sure that all the artists are getting paid. Mm. And the audit service came back finding that Spotify owes Victory Records and their artists upwards of $23,000. Okay. Um, I mean, that, that's that's not much spread across several artists. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure what percentage or what, who's not getting paid, whether like, it's like yeah. lesser known bands or and versus other, there's like not that many details of, yeah. like that. Yeah. But, just the fact that Spotify is not paying out the way they're supposed course, to is, is a big fucking deal. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out that Billboard did a report on the same concern. Apparently, 25% um, of all royalties can, may not be going paid to at the moment to, this, to the artist. So we're talking about 25% of all royalties um, that Spotify generates so the, are the, not going to the artist. That's still specifically talking about streaming. No, that, that, yeah, that's just streaming. Okay. And that's that's not just including Victor. That's all artists. Okay. That's all artists. Okay. So we were talking about that last week about making sure that the artists are getting, it, number one, credit for their streams. Mm. It's going towards their charts and getting paid. Yeah. And obviously there's a big issue going on, especially if like a, a publication like Billboard is is reporting on it. I mean, that's like right up there as far as music journalism, as far as like Rolling Stone or anything like that. So it's like a big deal. Yeah. And my question is, is does it happen in other services like Pandora or like Bandcamp or whatever? So yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know. Again, that's something else we can look into for the smaller services like yeah. that, you know? And then I didn't write this one down, but I think it was late yesterday. It, Turns out that Victory Records is uh, suing one of their, I think they're one of their current uh, members of their record label for a million dollars, and it's uh, who on Victory Records has a million dollars, right? 
that's the thing is like like this I don't know, this band it's a ska band so the Victory Records runs the gambit of, of yeah <laughs> what App- ska band has ever had a million dollars apparently these guys have not kept up on their end of the contract as far as making records they've also been doing records as them well actually they record a record but they they release it as under other pseudonyms to to not comp- like go with Victory Records that they encourage fans to steal their music online yada 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 so this is almost like a breach of contract thing for them and they're calling it they're suing them for a million dollars and one of the things that I read on the I think it was Metal Sucks that reported on it is that Victory Records is not doing very well Mm -hmm. and it seems like they're strapped they're kind of like grabbing at straws for cash Mm -hmm. the one against the band might be a little bit extreme but the one for Spotify obviously is it's it's for a little bit of everybody so but if if you're gonna sit there and do as the the band you were talking about, the one that's being sued, if you want to learn how to uh, how to fuck with your record label, just turn to Typo Negative, turn to Origin of the Theses. Oh yes, the best ever. Because that's quite a that's quite a big old ha ha in the face of Roadrunner, and I love it. It's like, oh, we got a live album for you right here, <laughs> <laughs> and then that's why there's a picture of his asshole on the cover of the album. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, but like, you know, artists not getting paid definitely does suck. Definitely. And some, it's something that I'm going to bring up a little bit later in our discussion because, again, it has to do with that. Um, a little bit has to do with that. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Moving on to some general news, uh, upcoming releases. We got Ramstein is releasing their discography up to this point because mm-hmm. they're re- they're recording new music now they're releasing their discography up to this point and an LP of rarities in a vinyl box set called 21 <laughs> first and that's 20, Roman numerals first 25,000 copies have a giant dildo inside more than likely yes <laughs> flaming dildo um, that's coming out December 4th um, Anthrax is celebrating the 30th anniversary of spreading the disease first by Anthrax. releasing a special edition. First uh, Anthrax album I own because you bought it for me. <laughs> um, the it's a two disc thing. The one disc is the record, obviously probably remastered. Yeah. And then the second disc is a lot of uh, live and rough tracks. So okay. they've got some rhythm tracks there and and whatnot. It's, it's going to be. It's more definitely geared towards the collector. Yeah, you know, I don't think there's anything new or anything, any outtakes from the sessions or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just live and rough recordings. Sometimes those are pretty good, like uh, with these with these anniversary things and whatnot. They're they're pretty hit and miss. Like the ones that Black Sabbath released of the post Ozzy material, a lot of those are pretty intense. So I think I would have to see the track list before I could say, hmm, that might be essential to me. Mm-hmm. So um, that might be worth a listen, uh, a look. And that's that for upcoming releases. And now, on to touring news, because we like to talk about it so much. Here's a big one for Ghost. Ghost is going to perform on the late show with Stephen Colbert the night before Halloween, which is just so perfect for that band. And it's just so perfect just because you don't see that kind of band on mainstream TV like that. Mm -hmm. And it's huge. I mean, you're going to get all the people that are going to start crying sellout now, but you know what? fucking a right they sold out it's awesome (laughs) you know there there is a difference between selling out and kind of getting your name out there well they i think the thing is they're getting recognition for the stuff that they're doing it's not they and they've been doing the same thing for three records yeah and people are 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 realizing that it's actually a they're it's a gimmick and it's a fun gimmick yeah and it's the night before halloween it's so perfect yeah and if you want to spread your audience to some you know younger and like middle-aged metalheads like myself 
that's who you're gonna get. Yeah, to to get on to get that kind of gig, you had to have caught someone's attention somehow. Yeah. So so you know, bravo to them for that. Yeah. So and they've been they've been all over the place as of late, and I think it's great. Yeah. And just because, I think the stigma of their of their shtick is kind of lessened, and people are actually paying attention to the music now. Mm-hmm. And the music's fantastic. We've covered this before. Yeah. You've covered it. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I've sucked that dick a lot. Covered it in all sorts of semen. Yeah. Um, Epica. A couple of months ago, we re- we reported that Epica had to cancel a couple of shows. Apparently, it was a very near-fatal accident to Simone Simon's father. Mm-hmm. That's why she had to, to leave the tour, and that's why they they left the tour, and it was continued on by Elvedi and whatnot. Uh, but they rescheduled a couple of the sh- most of the shows, I think. They didn't get to come back to all of them. Um but they're coming back around to North America. They got support from Moonspell and Starkill. Um, I think they're going to be honoring the uh, the meet and greets. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah. And who else do we got? Oh, yes, the last one. Um, Decapitated uh, was is forced to sit out of the Soulfly Soilwork tour because of immigration issues. Apparently, they couldn't get into the country. Which country? This country. Where are they? Where are they from originally? I'm not sure. I didn't look that one up. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that it's probably where uh, Soil works from, so it's probably Sweden. Yeah, but I could be wrong. Uh, but the reason this one really caught my attention is because this was the news article that they had uh, Earthside's record streaming on it because Earthside is taking Decapitated's place. Okay. Um, and like I said, Speed does a track on Earthside's album, so you can only assume or you can only hope that Speed will come out and play that track with them live um so that's just whoever gets to see that show and that happens you guys are some lucky motherfuckers Mm -hmm. so and that would be it for news okay uh so let's head right on into this week's social media highlight i'm prepared holy shit oh Oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's That's because you started last week (laughs) that's right ignore all the explosions in the background there are no sirens going off i am prepared for shit for a change (laughs) That's also because I had three days off from work. <laughs> In my defense, I was sick one of those days. The other two, I just happened to have off. Anyway, I've had these guys on my Twitter account um, following me, and I follow them um, for a very long time now. Universal Theory. These guys are these guys and gal, I believe, are from Madrid, Spain, so overseas from us. Uh, they are self-described on their Twitter account as atmospheric gothic rock metal, rock slash metal. Um, and as I was saying before, with the whole thing with um, Havakunin, I get it. I get why it's called that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand now. Um, very similar to Latter Day Tiamat uh, or Tiamat. I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, but it is um, kind of a, like a, the monotone, dreary vocals. Uh, male vocals usually a little bit deeper. There's some female vocals in there. Um, musically, it kind of sounds like if you took a lot of doom metal material and just sped it up a little bit. 
um, but it is it is pretty heavy material. just released their second full-length album, The Most Attractive Force, on August 24th, uh, which, you know, kind of eluded me. We could have talked about that in the new releases. Um, if you want to listen to that album in its entirety, go to the band's label's uh, Bandcamp page, metalhellrecords.bandcamp.com. You can listen to it every single track. It's really good. Uh, if you want to hear just the debut, which is Mystery Timeline, universaltheory.bandcamp.com. Um, like I said, these guys are um, kind of gothic rock, uh, heavy, Deep, kind of monotone, dreary vocals sounds really good. I liked it a bit. So um, if you want to check them out, universaltheorymusic.com, facebook.com slash universaltheory. You can follow them on Twitter at universaltheory or go to youtube.com slash myuniversaltheory. All right. I got Knights of Malice. From Manchester, New Jersey. I, this is my second band in a row from New Jersey, by the way. Makes me wonder what happened to that state after I left. Um, melodic death metal. And I love me some melodic death metal, let me tell you. Um, these songs are well written. The overall sound is tight. Guitars are crisp. There's plenty of melody mm. in the guitar work. A lot of melody in the guitar work. The solos are fantastic. And the drums are just something to be reckoned with i mean they're they're fucking fierce mm. and up in your grill They have uh, one album out, I think, or at least the most current album is, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Aeonian? Aeonian. Aeonian, I guess. Uh, It's streaming on Bandcamp. Um, Definitely worth a listen to. I fully enjoy it. Um, You can follow these guys uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Knights of Malice, and also Twitter and Instagram, same name, at Knights of Malice. And that's Knights, um, N-I-G-H-T-S. Not, yes, not yes. Knights as in like, Neon Knights! Not, not, not Knigget's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Monty so, Python. So that's it for social media highlight. Let's go into our discussion point. Um, I called, I, I the way I premised this idea to you was Death of the Age of the Rockstar. Now, that may get a little misconstrued with where I was getting my ire from because let me just tell you I like the band Kiss I want Gene Simmons 
to just disappear. Just yeah. disappear. Like or or just like sew his mouth shut and then open it when he does God of Thunder. Otherwise shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. He needs a handle muzzle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so the reason I'm 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 I bring this up um is Gene Simmons had some comments apparently last year and brought them back up this year about Rock being dead, which is becoming a common thing. I'm seeing like one article every two weeks about someone saying that this is dead. Blah 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 blah. This is dead. The thing that irked me the most about this particular one is some things he said about um why it's dead and like, well, let's, let's go into why it's dead. Um, let me pull up what he said in particular. I'm going to cut this part out. So it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay, actually... The quote that I saw was actually from uh, last year, last September 2014. Uh, And he said, and I'm quoting this, maybe it was taken out of context, I don't know, whatever. Quote, Rock did not die of old age, it was murdered. Some brilliance somewhere was going to be expressed and now it won't because it's that much harder to earn a living playing and writing songs. No one will pay you to do it, unquote. I hate this man. (laughs) Because what I've gotten out of that statement is no one's going to pay you to be the next big thing, and therefore you're not going to be the next big thing. And we know that Gene Simmons goes home and sleeps on a stack of money. You know, Well, he is the ultimate in rock star whore. Yeah. I, I, it just irks me that, that these guys who are at the top of the game, who are sitting on all this fortune sitting there saying, eh, you know, it's dead, no big deal, as he sits there and lights a fucking cigar with a $100 bill. It's and like, charging $200 for tickets. Yeah, yeah, and, and the Kiss Coffin merchandising and everything. It's like, when, when did getting paid to write a song make that song good? Right. When did that happen? I don't understand what his mindset is. And even, like... Even Kiss, they're a good band. They are not a wholly influential band. They're a good rock band. They they stuck around because they suckered a bunch of kids with a whole lot of cool looks. And 40 years later, those guys are still fucking crazy and showing it to their kids. I don't think this man has a grasp on it. No. And it, and it bothers me so much. He, I think he's lost it a long time ago. Yeah. And... and as we as we know, we we're talking about this the whole Spotify thing and and a lot of money issues with modern technology. Because he also says in particular that file sharing, file downloading, essentially is the cause of the death of rock and roll. Um, in particular, he was saying that um, if you don't, if you stop, okay, sorry, quote, when you stop charging for things, it becomes worthless. And then there's going to be a business model that's going to have to change because there are great bands out there, but there's no support system. Unquote. I have not particularly heard of this man very often supporting these smaller bands. I don't see this man reaching out and picking up people and going, hey, here you go. Well, 
Yeah, he's not that kind of guy. And the thing is, there is there's a tiny bit of validity to what he's saying because mm-hmm. I don't think record labels are putting as much money behind certain bands mm-hmm. as they used to. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people. I don't think the next big thing that they're looking for is getting that you know huge advance to record an album. Yeah. I mean, unless you're a pop star. Yeah. But if, if you're thinking rock and roll, and just you know heavy metal and and rock in general, I mean, there's a million bands out there. And there's just it, there is just no support system, like he's saying. There mm-hmm. really isn't. I mean, you just have to like. I think record labels probably really have to choose what they want to invest in. It's not just like you know when grunge happened, they just picked up anything that sounded like Alice mm-hmm. in Chains or Nirvana or anything, mm-hmm. and just put it out there. Yeah, they put out so much crap. Not necessarily crap, but you know what I'm talking about. They would just put out so much stuff. Just throw anybody, 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 anybody. Nowadays, they have to pick and choose. Yeah. It's just because one band like Lamb of God succeeded, the one band that sounds just like them, they're not going to succeed just as, as well. Yeah. Why would we invest that kind of money in them? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's one thing where I see his his statement being kind of valid. The, we, we know from just years of hearing it from everyone who's gone through it, the business is obscenely flawed mm-hmm. anybody who is famous now and is not famous next year and can't figure out why you're not famous next year you are a fool simply a fool because we we know that the business is, is the business is a business it's there to make money and that's it so you know if you if you're less popular unless you pick it up quick you're gonna get dropped well that's probably where we picked that's where we talked about um couple of weeks ago the quality over quantity thing yeah these bands have to be relevant and always around that's why the album cycle is like they record an album they go on tour they get off tour they record another album da, 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 da. that's that's how they're making their money that's how they're they're staying relevant and that's how they're, they're still trying to maintain that rock star lifestyle but most of you guys have side jobs yeah and they, they're not living off of this stuff anymore not like you know metallica or kiss or any of the other big name bands yeah. like None of these guys are doing that anymore. They can't. Yeah, it's, like it's impossible. The the it's become such a different um, it's such a different atmosphere as far as being a musician because you can't just sit there and 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 have a really popular song and and live off of that fame. Like you can't live off the money that comes from that. You you're gonna be you're gonna be working for a while if you really want to live off of that craft. I, I'm pretty sure I, I I read something a while back about writers. I'm pretty sure something was basically saying like less than 5% of all professional writers out there live off of writing. Mm-hmm. Everybody else who writes books, they have to do something else because they're not making enough money. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Jill Janis from Huntress, she mm-hmm. works at a dentist's office mm-hmm. when she's not touring or writing music. Mm-hmm. Tim Williams, he's a carpenter. I met him on a job. <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody told me that like a couple of the guys from uh, Symphony X worked at a guitar center in Jersey for years. I, do, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Mike and Romeo, he, he probably, they just probably like, Mike, just go sit in the corner. Just stands <laughs> on the stage all day. Plays. <laughs> guys, can I go to home now? No. No break for you. <laughs> I'm a union member, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, like, the world has, the world of music has definitely changed and in probably a lot more respects than not for the worse. But what irks me about what he was saying is that because you're not getting paid for it, you can't write a good song. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I, I hate that because... That's what his motivation was. He thinks that because people aren't getting paid, they're not going to write good music or something like that. Yeah, it, it just... 
and the fact that you make the the huge leap of um, saying like, okay, this the, the people download music, people file share, like you're not paying for it, therefore uh, it all sucks, it all is nothing. That's that's what well, I'm getting out of the, it. The worst thing is, is that I guarantee you, guarantee you that no one heard a kiss until they got a a copy of a tape mm-hmm. from somebody else, which was file sharing. I mean, that's how we all got into a lot of the music that we're into. We, we shared mixtapes. That was the biggest thing in the thrash era that you hear about all the time, about trading tapes. I guarantee you Gene Simmons got his start before Kiss made a live one or two or whoever, whatever got them popular by trading tapes. That means his music up until that point was worthless to him, I guess. I mean that just that's the, that's what I'm getting out of him. Yeah. I mean that's just the stupidest thing ever. The fact that he thinks that just file sharing destroyed music when they've been doing it since the the dawn of recording. Yeah. I mean this that statement is stupid. Well, also a lot of matters of things like popularity and whatnot are a matter of time. Mm-hmm. If Kiss came out at any other point in time, they would probably not have that legendary status. Mm-hmm. If they had not come out in the mid-70s, if they had come out in like the late 80s, if they come out now, they would not... What the hell was that? that was uh, they would not be as, as you know, well-known. And I I think sometimes people, the these people who are considered the rock stars, they need to kind of remember their humility here. Some of them really don't. Like, as soon as they get, as soon as they get big, they just started losing their shit. It's like listening to Dave Mustaine talk. Yeah, he's <laughs> he gets a bit nutty. But yeah, um, yeah, it just it just irks me that you that he he thinks you know you have to have something there to be able to write a good song. I want to say like if you go on to um, YouTube right now, you can find a lot of extremely talented people on there. Um, he mentions in one of this quote in particular, he's saying um, you know people can. You know, wind up on X Factor and stuff like that. Those those shows, those reality shows where people can compete and become stars. And he's saying that like you know that gives you popular for a little while, but in the end you're just gonna you know fall from grace and disappear and all that kind of shit. But like the people who aren't doing those things, who are actually out there doing their craft and doing it exceedingly well, like on YouTube, there's a lot of great shit on there. Those are the kind of people that we should be supporting. Those mm-hmm. are the kind of, like. If they if they are doing something like um, like their own original song and they have it monetized, watch that video. Watch that video a billion times because eventually they can get paid for that. You know, YouTube does pay you after you get like a certain number of views. I don't know what those views are because I don't get those fucking views. I'm gonna say we don't get that. We talking about. <laughs> but you know, stuff like stuff is really good out there. You have to find it. It's not motivated by money. It's not necessarily being killed by file sharing and downloading. You know what's really funny that you mentioned that is that earlier this week there was a um, an article on MetalSucks.net. Um, I think it was supposed to be uh, satire where he – where the guy – Satire? Metal sucks? What? Right? He wrote that – that the, with the death of MySpace was the death of the most innovative era of music to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was because of being able to just go to a band's page, listen to their music, see who is in their top eight, and then go to that band and be like, oh, wow, well, these guys are really cool. Mm-hmm. And 
they can then you can start listening to all these different artists and then incorporating all these different sounds into your sound and make something completely new. Mm. I mean, that he this I think this guy was really making fun of it, but he that's why but it's, it's usually good satire is best when it actually has a good point. Yeah, it, <laughs> so. and the thing is, like when I was reading, it, I was like, you know what? I did spend a lot of time on MySpace going from band to band to band to band and listening to music, yeah. and it was probably like the like. It was probably right up there with like the '90s for me, as far as new music goes, and trying to find new bands. Because the '90s is where I came into my own, as far as as listening to music and finding my identity as as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but MySpace was like the biggest next step because it was all right there, yeah, and it was all linkable. It was like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, <laughs> but with like metal yeah. or whatever you wanted to listen to, mm-hmm. and the the way the 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 genres got subgenrefied like we've talked about kind of started I, w- I wouldn't say it started but it kind of like blossomed from that point because you got all this different kind of core music and um you know the rebirth of like death metal with the whole with the core vibe to it and like that was really cool and i think that people give like really bash file sharing a little too much mm-hmm. i mean because we've talked about it before where we will stream or download a band if we like them that much we go out and buy it yeah like every time yeah i've got a i've got a collection of you know like 2000 some odd cd's and a wanted music list of over a thousand more yeah so i i, I want some shit yeah i want all the shit I like and there are fans out there who do buy records and there are fans who actually, when they they don't just download the the, the albums, they actually buy them off of iTunes, which they're paying for, mm-hmm. you know. And the file sharing thing, I think, is like I said, it mentioned before, it's it's the mixtape of our generation. The problem with the file sharing, though, is that the complaints like this and from other artists and everything is about people who are just taking the entire album with no intention to get it from anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, um. Because, again, for you and me, and for probably countless others, it has been like being able to download a track or two, or now you can stream it until it gets released and then you have to go buy it. Um, that's been our introduction to things. That's how I found out about a lot of things. That's how I found out about Arion. I found a track on Century Media's page, like, here, sample. And then I went and, and like downloaded some other stuff. I ended up buying every special edition of, that, of the fucking project mm-hmm. because I loved it so much. Yeah. So I didn't just sit there and keep my MP3s. So you know, for certain for certain people who actually want to go out and and support the band, it's cool. But I think all these guys are really thinking like, oh no, file sharing. It's all people just stealing my shit. Yeah. Which it 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 isn't. Um, I think we need to put a little bit more faith into into song downloads and, and file sharing. But again, it's a matter of people. One person ruining it for everybody else, yeah. basically, or a lot of people ruining it for the the majority ruining it for the minority who actually want to do good with it. Yeah. So, but on another hand, since you were talking about before about you know people going out and buying and everything, I read another uh, interview which made me feel a little bit better about things after reading the Gene Simmons thing. It was an interview with Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie's talking about the new album um, that he's been working on for months. Um, talking about like the touring cycle and just he's like, yeah, I'll release it when I want to, basically. And uh, he was saying he's like, I don't really care about album sales. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna make this album. I'm gonna put it out there. You do whatever. What I want to do is make visual content for every single song on there. Like 
fuck buying it, you can see it. That's what I care about. So if he releases an album, nobody buys it, but you all go check out the videos on you on YouTube or whatever else. He's cool. He's getting money somehow. He likes it. He's happy. And I like that mentality. Unfortunately, obviously, it can't be adopted by everybody because people do put a lot of money into things and they need to get that money back. The thing is, he also has another. He has a couple of different revenue streams too. That exactly, he's not losing money. Yeah, you know, like. But if he's if he's making if he's making videos for every single song that he's got, you know, that's. I hope they're animated. <laughs> he needs to he needs to do some of that shit again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but. uh but like just just like hearing that did kind of give me an uplifting idea. It's another way to look at how you're you're releasing your music, and again, it's not sitting there saying like I need to get paid for making this. It's like no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this differently, and if it pays me, cool. I also like bands who actually really do take risks and really put themselves out there. And the band that, first, that comes to mind first is Metallica. Mm-hmm. Lulu was a fucking failure, obviously. Their movie was a fucking failure. Their festival wasn't that popular either. Mm. They these guys put their balls on the line mm. with a lot of money that they're personally putting into this stuff, and they're losing left and right. Mm. But you don't—I mean—you might hear them complaining about it here and there. But the fact of the matter is that you know, even with their royalties and their touring and stuff like that, they guys are really taking risks. I mean, they mm. could probably have lost a hell of a lot more money than they than they did but they're still trying shit yeah you have, you have to give them credit for trying and, and you know actually since this is not related to music but I'm gonna relate this to, to video games um we all know Nintendo Nintendo's been around for ever ever like even before video games they were they were an entertainment company making like cards and shit um their older uh, their older uh, console, the Wii, sold so many units, so many so many things, so many units that they have so much money in storage that they can take those risks. So everyone's sitting there saying like, "Oh, like that console sucked. You had bad ideas. Oh, this new one that you have with the tablet thing that sucks. Your next one's gonna suck." It's like they can afford to lose. Because they will always prevail. They always have the ideas. They're always the innovators. They're they're going to try things because they know that there's something else to be done. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying with Metallica, like they're trying things. They're failing. They may be a little misguided sometimes, Lulu. <laughs> but at least they're giving it a shot. And that's what you know. If, if you if you're the one, if you're the top of the game, and you you want to talk about smaller bands needing the up and coming, and you need need a little bit of a boost. That's the thing to do. It's like just well, that's yeah. also what Metallica does too. I mean, every time I see Metallica, they always have like their their opening support band with like Machine Head, and then they bring out a, a band that you might not have heard of. Hmm. I got into Volbeat because they opened for Metallica. Yeah, and Volbeat um, have gotten pretty big lately. Yeah, um, I. Th- well, I think I sold the Best Buy, honestly. But again, a, a probably a lesser known band around here. They bring them around on tour around here. Yeah, bam. You know, and I love when bands do that. I mean, if they don't have a support act like coming with them, wherever town they're in, they they pick one up. Yeah, and I think that's great, and that's what helps the that part of the business, especially like getting new bands out there. Yeah. But I don't still think there's enough people doing that. Yeah. You know, it's like. 
opening for Metallica is probably like you know the pinnacle of some people's careers, and they I think Metallica gets that. I mean, I think as far as rock stars are concerned, Metallica is probably on, or at least some members of Metallica. Let's leave Lars out of this. Are the probably the most humble of guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Meta- like James Hetfield, you see him always backstage hanging out with the new dudes. Mm-hmm. Like he's always hanging out with like, the guys from Trivium or Crassicata. Uh, I think they were the band from Iraq. Crassicata. They were from they were from the heavy metal in Baghdad. Yeah. James Hetfield goes out and hangs out with them whenever they play a show mm-hmm. with them, et cetera, et cetera. Like he's actually out there helping out these younger bands and promoting them and doing his his fair share of it because of his status. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of those guys doing that. Yeah. And that's you know, that's the thing where Gene Simmons is like saying like there's not enough support. It's like, well Gene, get off your ass and do something about it. Yeah. I like I said, I hate when people on high sit there and say, Oh man, just this oh all that down there, that looks like shit. What are you guys doing? It's like, dude, bend down, lend an actual hand. Okay? If you're if you're gonna be, if you're gonna pretend to be awesome, spread, spread the wealth, a, spread the wealth a little bit. And I'm not talking about your money. I'm just talking about, you know, I, I know he's helped out some artists in the past. I'm pretty sure he he had a big hand in helping out Doro in her early career. Um, but still, it's like don't sit here and talk from on high and not actually get down there and and you know get down in the dirt and actually try to you know give a hand here. Don't just sit there and say, oh, it's all dead because you're not paying for it. Fuck right. you. Fuck you. I mean, again, it's out there. There's something for everyone out there. There's something great out there. If it's just because it's not widely popular, does not mean that it may not be the greatest song in the world. Like Earthside, or a tribute to the greatest song in the world. Earthside, Earthside. <laughs> there was, I can, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to to not say enough words about this band. So. <laughs> and again, I found them because they were streaming on a website, and I am going to buy that record as soon as I have money. <laughs> I'm going to need you to duck because I'm about to turn left and I don't want to smack you with my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and on that note, we have to make our curtain call. Until next time, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Templum, for more Shred Track related content, including interviews, editorials, concert reviews, and the like, as well as my video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, which now boasts over 200 episodes across 30 games from various eras of gaming. That's youtube.com slash A-D-A-M-A-N-S-T-E-M-P-L-U-M. For more up-to-the-minute updates and news from yours truly... Follow my Twitter account at Novus Redemptor. That is N-O-V-U-S-R-E-D-E-M-P-T-O-R. You can spell. I can spell so well. Motherfucking Latin and shit. Wow. All right. <laughs> well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at UpTheIron3314. If you are looking for any kind of nutritional consultations or fitness instruction uh, online, or actually if you are in the San Antonio area, I am definitely available uh, you can follow me on facebook.com slash iron 3314 You can also just become my friend on Facebook, Chris McDonald. Uh, that's pretty much where I post everything. It's I have stuff for my fitness page. I have stuff from the Shred Shack page. Uh, my total nerd stuff, which you know, the trailer for episode seven yeah, came I, out. I, I, that, was, that was my next question. I was like, <laughs> on a scale to one to boner, <laughs> what would you think of it? So hard. <laughs> Not like, dude. Like, I don't even need to, like you and Iron Maiden, Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really like I. 
It came out, the trailer came out during uh, Monday Night Football this past week. Mm-hmm. And I don't have ESPN, so I couldn't watch Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. But I was at my client's apartment gym the next morning, and I saw the trailer without sound. I, that's, that's how I saw it. So. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like a little shiver and a tear. Like my, my client was like, dude. Pay attention to me. Like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just sat there and whispered, that'll do, pig. And your client was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And then, of course, I went home and watched it like eight times. So, uh-huh. yeah, it's it's definitely up there on like what's going to be amazing in December for me. Yeah. Yeah. We won't even get into the whole discussion about all the ridiculousness that's been going on with uh, ticket sales for that and everything. Dude, they already like. Sold out and people are trying to sell them on eBay for thousands of dollars. Like the fucking internet crash for people trying to get on Fandango and get tickets. Rachel tried to get them. Nothing. Like, they're all sold out. Of course. So, um, and I think they already sold like $66 million worth of tickets. I'm not surprised. You know, and that they're going to shatter opening day sales. Shatter. So, so I'm really hoping this movie don't suck like Phantom Menace. <laughs> I trust J.J. Abrams. I trust him. Plus, dude, that trailer. Here, here's hoping. Yeah. Anyway, back on topic. Because <laughs> yeah. we're getting out of here. If you're hearing this, I will assume you found your way to our Mixcloud page. If you are not, then that is weird. Mixcloud.com slash The Shred Shack is currently your primary source for all previous installments of The Shred Shack podcast, as well as recordings of The Shred Shack live show. Speaking of the Shred Shack Live Show, tune in to Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal music and Nerd banter that isn't our nerd banter. You can find the link to the weekly show as well as any and all Shred Shack related updates on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. And so we close, as we're going to on a weekly basis from now on, on the immortal words of the almighty Black Sabbath, as powerful now as they were then. The world is full of kings and queens.